we'd like to welcome you back to our third and I believe final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 28th, 2015. Without further ado, I'm going to play, it's about a, a little over a 13-minute clip of a recent Dave Hodges uh, interview and um, on the Hagman and Hagman show. So I'm going to go ahead and roll that now. We have with us Mr. Dave Hodges from... The Common Sense Show, heard right here on Global Star Radio Network. His website, thecommonsenseshow.com. And you can hear him on, live on Global Star Radio Network on Sundays, 8 to 11, is it? No? Or 8 to 10? He's a, he's a great friend of the program. Let's just, we'll, we'll just have Dave talk about that. I'm going to be on his show the first hour, by the way, next, oh, next week. Okay. Go, ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Uh, good to be with you guys. A lot going on. <laughs> For the yeah. first time, I think I've got more to process than i got time to process it in. Yeah, and folks, this is one busy guy, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, that's all I'm going to say. He's very busy. He's got the contacts, and he's got the information to share. So let's get ready to do it, Dave. Uh, where do you want to start, man? Yeah. No, just, I, I, got a, I got a case of literary ADHD. Uh, it's hard to know where to start. Yeah, I understand Let's start with that. our president. Uh, we don't have one, but... If you're referencing Bruce Toro. Let's start with the Muslim in chief. All right, there we go. All right. Okay, we all know who I'm talking about. He gets up there on TV and, oh, we got to be careful. we got to be careful. Uh, we don't want to go against the Muslims and offend them. Hey, Mr. President, how about the 14 people that just got murdered by a member of ISIS who you support through the CIA? How about that, Mr. President? Excuse me, Mr. Muslim in chief. Yeah. I just, the insensitivity to the victims. And he cries over Sandy Hook when no one got killed. And he expresses almost no condolences when real people die. Um, we, let me back up, Doug. I'll, I'll just go right, I'll cut right to the chase and we can process this. We are looking at ISIS in a series of probing actions. And I want to go back and start in April with Judicial Watch, a highly respected research group, uncovered documents that showed that the American government and the Mexican government were in cahoots with an ISIS base camp three miles from the border, eight miles from El Paso, ISIS. They implicated the drug cartels, Hamas, Hezbollah, and they've been implicated with the drug cartels too, Hamas and Hezbollah, since 2006. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've documented that several times. And so what we have now is an ISIS presence, you know, right off our border, and now I'm hearing we have over 200 ISIS base camps across America. The FBI director on July 4th said we have uh, ISIS presence, and they have active cases in all 50 states. And they're probing us. They're, let's go to um, in June. Let's go to an event in June. Do you remember when the F-16 was brought down uh-huh. in Arizona? Uh-huh. I listen carefully yeah, to this, folks. Yep. It wasn't shot down. It wasn't really brought down. It just fell from the sky. There was a, an Iraqi general piloting the plane out of Luke Air Force Base, and the plane was near Douglas, Arizona, which is right on the border, and no mayday call, no pilot ejection. This plane just plummeted from 10,000 feet. It just fell. They couldn't find the pilot's body for the longest time. 
because of the fact that they were looking outside the plane, assuming he tried to eject. They found him right in the cockpit, and there was a catastrophic failure of power in that plane. And as I dug deeper and dug deeper and dug deeper, I discovered that this plane was brought down by a localized EMP weapon. And the weapon was operated by ISIS, and it was a Russian satellite uplink weapon. Now, you want to hear something really bizarre? Uh, this past Sunday on the TNT show Agent X, the actress who plays the vice president, her helicopter was brought down by something very similar. You can talk about just, you know, spilling the beans on the American public. And uh, the sources I have for this event are beyond reproach. One of them was one of the same sources who led me to those stunning revelations three years ago with regard to Benghazi and the fact there was an, a near coup of opportunity involving General Ham, who, by the way, is now turned Muslim, and also Admiral Gayette as they tried to rescue Stevens against presidential orders. They were arrested. They were going to parade him out and basically cause a coup because Stevens would have known he had been given up and he would have sung like a canary and that would have brought this administration down. And it came close. They came close to succeeding. Well, that same source was behind this EMP report. Okay. And this means that they, the, the ISIS brought, it's kind of funny, they brought down a plane with an Iraqi general on it, Doug, because ISIS hates the Iraqis. They hate the Iraqi military. And that makes perfect sense on why they'd start there. And I had a subsequent conversation during that time with Steve Quayle, and he had told me that some of his people had told him, yeah, they can, they can identify a plane by a number of variety of means, and this plane was specifically targeted. This means that they're practicing on taking planes out of the sky. This is a beta test for that, but this isn't the only beta test that took place. Um, we had Abdul Aziz in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and what he did was very clever. He attacked one shopping mall, fired over 70 rounds, drove nine miles to his real intended target, and took out initially four and then a fifth died, uh, uh, service recruiters, who, by the way, are ordered by Obama to be unarmed. And he did something right out of Sun Tzu's playbook. He attacked to draw the enemy away and then knew he'd have more time to carry out his deed. And what I have learned is that was a practice tactic. Abdul Aziz was checking first responder. How many resources would they commit to one scene? Because they plan on doing something very similar, according to what my sources believe. And one of these guys is formal, former Army Operations, Special Operations. And he said the tactic is to draw your first responders in to a fake attack and take them out. Mm -hmm. And then you basically have full reign for quite a period of time. And that was the Chattanooga incident. So we have that. And then let's just uh, let's catapult forward. And I won't go through every case, but let's go to San Bernardino. This is even more concerning. I, I had Bob Griswold on my show a couple of weeks ago. And Bob has a very interesting background, and I'm not at liberty to reveal everything. Uh, but I will tell you, he knows what he's talking about. And he said one of the strategies that they were going to take out of school would be to have two teams block off the main entrance, take out the first responders, uh, and then these people would have inside of a school or a mall, they would have 10 to 15 minutes to carry out their acts of terror, which is forever. 
in, in a in a gunfight. Yep. So um, they're they're ramping up. They are beta testing our response modes, and they're becoming more sophisticated. And yet, this Muslim in chief's response to the attack in San Bernardino, he insinuated this could have been workplace violence. Excuse me, you're upset about a Christmas party, so you go and somehow magically procure 19 rifles, radio-controlled bombs, and you've got military hardware that probably costs in excess of about $80,000 to $100,000 over a Christmas party? We're supposed to believe this hogwash? I mean, I'm in Arizona, and I can smell the excrement oozing off this president from 3,000 miles away. This is absolutely insane. And again, it speaks to the fact that he is not a leader for the American people. He is complicit with ISIS coming into the country. He's complicit with what's happening. It's, just, it's crazy, Doug. So um, I believe this is where we're headed. Um, we're headed for a Tet Offensive. And, and uh, I, if people are too young to remember the Vietnam War, I, I remember as a kid in 1968, LBJ proclaiming, we're winning the war, we're winning the war, just be quiet, it'll be over soon. And the South Vietnamese, under General Giap, attacked every provincial capital in South Vietnam on the same day during the Tet ceasefire during their, their Tet lunar holiday. Uh, and violated the ceasefire, but what they did show is they were capable of attacking anywhere. They even took over the embassy in Saigon for a while, and the American people knew right then that LBJ had been lying to us. The war was nowhere near being over, and this is the, ultimately the watershed event that turned public opinion against the war and therefore destroyed the war effort. Uh, America stopped supporting the war. Well, I believe that ISIS is preparing to launch a Tet Offensive kind of attack. It's not going to be one or two targets and soft kill. It's going to be 50, 100. I, I don't know how many, but I can tell you it's going to be multiple. And what I've also learned, Doug, and, and I hope the listening audience is sitting down, I wrote about this in June of 2014. My sources were DEA, Border Patrol, and XDHS. I mean, this has been triple sourced. And then Scott Bennett, former Army Special Operations Officer, knew a fair amount about this as well, too. Outside uh, San Salvador, in El Salvador, there's a terrorist base camp in which they do paramilitary training. Who do they train? The drug cartels, MS-13, ISIS, Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, Hezbollah. Where do they get the weapons? Out of Peru, from the Sanchez Paredes drug cartel, which is the biggest drug cartel no one's ever heard of. It's the biggest one in the world. They are the conduit between Middle Eastern terrorism, drugs, uh, and as well as guns, come from the Muslim Brotherhood, courtesy of the president's half-brother, Malik Obama, who's the head of finance and guns, gun procurement for the Muslim Brotherhood, comes through the Sanchez Paredes. They distribute it to El Salvador, uh, and they do all this training there. They have RPGs. So, I mean, are you comprehending, if you haven't, if you, if you missed the last part, please back this up and listen to that again. Because that is so bombshell. Malik Obama, Obama's half-brother, is the one that's integral in this. Working with this Perez drug cartel. In order to bring over the terrorists, in order to coordinate the arms that are being supplied, in order to get them trained... In order to 
overthrow and destroy America. I mean, <laughs> wow. Just, it's just incomprehensible. They have all kinds of exotic weaponry, the latest in 50 caliber machine guns, and now we have base camps in this country on the border, and we know ISIS is flowing into the country courtesy of the refugee resettlement program. Uh, the FBI tells us, Doug, that we've got 10% uh, of Muslim extremists in any Muslim population. So when they let in 25,000 people to New Orleans and Baton Rouge from Syria, they're letting in 2,500 terrorists. And I'll kind of conclude that... Oh, that's, and that's uh, probably a very low number. That's just an estimate rant with this one statement. 2,500 terrorists in one fell swoop came into the country, statistically speaking. It only took seven terrorists to take down a city the size of Paris. Yeah. Exactly. If we could take a step back, Dave, when I, about the San Bernardino shootings, um, you mentioned something that was rolling through my mind as this, was taking, this incident was taking place. Do you th think that there was a secondary... I mean, I know that they were ready to, to uh, blow up the first responders. But do you think there was a secondary attack point? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that it was, they were looking for an opportunity, but it didn't materialize. Yeah. And we had talked earlier, sorry, Joe, we, we had talked earlier, um, Dave, about their um, the, the bombs that they had crafted, but were not detonated or didn't detonate. You want to broach that subject at all? Um, nothing except really what you just said. I mean, that's pretty much the way that it is. But see, um, they're moving into an area that Bob Griswold talked to us about on my show here on Global Star a few Sundays ago. And he said that don't just look for the terrorist attack, look for the hits on the first responders. He nailed it. It's almost as if he would have had advanced knowledge on what was going to happen in San Bernardino. He laid it out just the way that it went down. But see, Bob's not the only one. As, as I talk to other people, you know, with a special operations background, they'll tell you exactly the same scenario. This man was a plant, and he was highly trained. He was highly trained. He didn't get to carry out his complete mission. But you've got to remember, I believe that these tacks are beta tests. They're gathering data and intelligence to use for future attacks. And I, I, I feel this in my bones, and I know that's not a scientific statement, but to the inner core of my being, I know massive attacks are coming, and they're going to happen all at once. And this country is going to be thrown into chaos that it's never seen. Okay, so that's all I really have time to play on that, but it, it goes on for quite a while after that. I give you the link to that audio. And the link that I give you, it starts literally at Dave Hodge's interview, because there's another uh, 70 minutes before that where I think they're just covering news. But... Uh, <clears throat> Let's, I'm kind of limited on time on this last part. i got a lot to cover. so the, I'm just going to go over some current events. These are just the current events. I, I put out many of these in the last newsletter I put out. But just to bolster what we're talking about here, uh, just current events from the last, ooh, I don't know, five days, five or six days. Uh, first one, threats of massive scale attack upon America grows as U.S. government loses track of 9,500 suspected terrorist immigrants it's just 9500 
And again, that doesn't even account for all of the ones that have come over the border through this Pereira Sanchez drug cartel that were trained prior to coming over here and equipped, essentially through our government, through, I mean, it's just, uh, treasonous isn't even, that doesn't even remotely do justice to what Obama has committed in, in his handlers and the, and the people below him that have made this happen. Um, I, I just I, I just really wish they could all get a glimpse of, of their future in hell, in the lake of fire. I really do. Um, for all of the misery that they are committing in an unbelievably unrepentant, evil, premeditated way. Um... The next report, mysterious string of suspicious events continued towards potentially massive main event after 43 more propane tanks are stolen in Philadelphia and terror experts warn ISIS jihadis could cripple America. We, well, we talked about all the propane tanks that went missing there in Missouri. They've went missing in Florida. And those are just the ones we know about. All the cell phone purchases that are happening, these burner cell phones they're getting in mass quantities through Walmart, in those types of places, they are, and again, this is the, it's got to happen this year in order for Obama to, uh, to be able to stay in indefinitely. Okay, so I know, I know I've mentioned that point a lot, and I wanted to see the exact day that is scheduled to be his last day as president. President Barack Obama's last day as president will be January 20th, 2017. Uh, so, um, that's, we're roughly at about a year, a little over a year from now is his, uh, his last day. So I wanted just to kind of throw that in there to be a little bit more precise. The next, uh, headline from this last week, female Muslim killer in Las Vegas shouted Allah Akbar or Alu La Akbar, meaning, um, I believe it means God is great, but it means Allah is great. They say, the, the, the mainstream, lamestream media will say, oh, it means God is great. No, it doesn't. It means Allah is great. Okay, the devil, fallen angel, moon god. Uh, and so she, female Muslim killer in Las Vegas, shouted Alu Akbar as she ran over 40 innocent people last night. And my comment, where is Obama's outrage? Oh, I figured he wasn't going to say hardly. Did you see him really say anything about that? Well, number one, it doesn't, doesn't fit the narrative. wasn't a white guy, and a gun wasn't involved. It was a black woman that apparently most likely got radicalized in Islam in Texas, according to what I had seen, and there wasn't a gun involved, and she was, most, she was Muslim. So that, none of that fits the narrative. So Obama's just going to totally ignore that, and that won't even be you know even on the radar because that doesn't count. Uh, police in Las Vegas officially telling the public they are uncomfortable, revealing the motive of the Las Vegas strip killer. Uh, oh, so they're uncomfortable. They know the motive. People, there were eyewitnesses there that heard her say it, but it, it's been totally suppressed in the news, of course. Uh, next report. Lights out for America. Experts say terrorists have capability to strike at will. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for Obama's handlers to give him the green light and really what they're waiting for probably is further weapons caches to come into the country to further logistical things that they're getting ready to work out to, to ensure that their plan will work. 
Um, maybe, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, of loose ends that have to be tightened up when you're going to implement some type of, of satanic mass casualty event uh, in America. So, uh, you know, just pray. I, I think it's important to, to pray that their wicked, evil plans be destroyed and that they're all exposed. Because God can do that. He can bring it out into, into the light of day and, and throw throw this plan, um, you know, really, really throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Next report. Man named Jihad arrested for threatening Jihad on California police and making bomb threat. He walked up to the local police station on Valley Boulevard in somewhere in California and told the cops through an intercom he had a bomb. And again, I think this is all beta testing, seeing how their local police are going to react, the Muslims taking it all in, and, and this is where they're at. This is this, this um, preemptive stage, this preparatory planning stage that they're in. Uh, then we have White House moves to grant visa waivers for Muslim Irans. So, of course, we want to waive them in and grant them visa waivers, waivers for Muslim Irans. Um, then Putin's progress on Syria sends Kerry, John Kerry, scampering to the UN, and which is uh, Washington's unspoken agenda to protect ISIS. Well, obviously, yeah, we've got to protect ISIS. So Kerry cannot stand, and neither can Obama. Um, the, the people, the ISIS people that we, we nurtured, the Obama administration created, nurtured, protected, equipped, enabled over in Syria... They're very valuable assets to Satan and Obama. So Kerry is just going nuts and has to go crying to the UN over the fact that, um, you know, Putin's bombing them over there. And, and you know, we absolutely are, are have a, an agenda to protect them. And then the next report read, get ready for major Muslim terrorist disaster. Next one, Massachusetts, U.S. In Massachusetts, USA, judge sentences Christian who allegedly spoke out against Islam to two years in prison or to study Islam. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the absolute satanic world that we live in. Next report, Canada poised to be the hub of, his, of Islamic finance. So Canada's in the mix as well. Another one, child killer, the new Palestinian superhero. Samir Kantar, who murdered a four-year-old Israeli by smashing her head with the butt of his rifle is the newest Palestinian Authority Fatah hero and role model. This is how sick Islam is and how sick these Muslims are in Palestine. Next one, Muslim grandfather rapes his two-year-old granddaughter, then her mother murders her for honor. She had to, it was, it was an honor killing after old Gramps rapes his two-year-old granddaughter. This is the level of, of evil we're dealing with here. I mean, may God rain down his fury on every one of these stinking devils that would even, I mean, this is so incomprehensible. Uh, next one, refugee involved in brutal gang rape of Swedish woman set free. Sure it's evil we're going to sanction it and we're going to set you free and you better not say a thing against it or you're going to do time or you'll just die then in hyperbat hyderbad india 46 year old male muslim violently rapes a four-year-old hindu girl 
Um, so we have that. And then Sweden goes on lockdown following the ISIS militant threats to decapitate and bomb citizens after invading country as posing as refugees. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, then we have ISIS publicly executes six men accused of being spies against the Islamic State. There's a video of that. I don't advise you to watch it. But uh, then two-thirds of Palestinians support stabbings against Israelis. Yes, the peaceful Palestinians. They want nothing but good. They're, they're just wonderful people over there. Then we have hundreds of refugees caught with images of ISIS flags and severed heads on their phones. These refugees coming into Europe. Oh, they just got severed heads. Hey, isn't that you? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, there's all kind of pictures of, of that. And, they, and they're literally showing them in the picture. And then you see them like, okay, they're posing as a refugee now. And they, they were the one that beheaded Christian. And now they're, they're in Europe or, or in the USA. This is what's just becoming normal. Um, then there's a video. Look at what the Muslim refugees left behind on the Audubon. I mean, these people are, are, are just pigs, savages, just total vessels of Satan. Um, then ISIS aligns with Richard Dawkins and the radical left, orders mass murder of infants with Down syndrome, birth defects, um, etc. So that's they're going into the full eugenics, Hitlerian... Um, eugenics program as well and then there's another video this is a video islamic sexuality a survey of evil and then um parents question choice to sing al akbar holiday concert i think that was in uh no that was in minnesota yeah minnesota local news so they they were questioning about singing al akbar at a holiday con i don't know why I don't know why we wouldn't all want to do that and join in and, and you know, do that. Then, $1.6 has been given to uh, resettle illegals, illegal aliens inside the USA. Oh, I'm sure that's a very low figure. Then, we have, next report, thousands of terror suspects lost in the USA. Next one, 100,000 Syrians quietly admitted to the USA. 100,000 quietly admitted, yeah, under... The UPS planes, the buses coming across the border, um, is, is any way they can get them in here under the under the cover of darkness, they're going to do it. So I mean, it, it's so in your face obvious what is about to happen next in the next year. I mean, it's it's never been clear to me ever since I've been in ministry what is going to go down if Obama has his way. Unless God intervenes, and I believe that's the only thing that's really going to, to most likely. So, I mean, stop it. Because I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm not going to rely on the Patriot Movement. I'm not going to, uh, for that to happen. I, I want, if that is God's will that it happens, I want God to be the one that initiates it. The Lord Jesus Christ, that he would intervene in these matters and, and um, expose this wickedness and defeat it and overthrow it. Then... We have uh, a poll, majority of Americans, 55% supports Trump's ban on Muslims. I would absolutely 100%. We, I don't think we should let any of them in exactly like Japan. You know, no, no. None of this is happening in Japan. I wonder why. And I mean, Japan has a ton of problems, but not that one. And then um, special report, Virginia, United States, High school students indoctrinated into Islamic conversion by writing, there is no God but Allah. So now they're just having regular high school students in public schools uh, writing that there is no God but Allah. You know? So this is what we have here. Now we're going to go to the next report. Islamic atrocities coming to America. Sweden is in shambles, as detailed here and here. There's two links. But the latest escalation in terrorist-related threats 
to the refugee protection nation is just beyond comprehension. As the Express reports, Sweden is now on lockdown after crazed Islamic State jihadis sent letters to European civilians ordering them to convert to Islam within three days or face decapitation in their own homes. This is the notification ISIS has posted threatening to decapitate people in Sweden. Here's a, here's a picture of it. I can't read it. It's in Swedish. But yeah, they're leaving these under their doors. Bloodthirsty Daesh Islamists posted notes through the doors of dozens of random neighbors in several cities across Sweden, including the capital Stockholm, threatening to murder, quote, non-believers in a terrifying campaign of violence. Uh, Sweden is now in lockdown after the chilling letters pledged to behead innocent civilians and then we will bomb your rotten corpses afterwards. So it truly is a religious religion of tolerance, peace, love, joy, you know, the whole th all the fruits of the spirit, I mean, obviously exemplified through this, this devil death cult. Uh, intelligence officials confirmed that they are investigating the horrifying threats which were signed by ISIS as a state of fear gripped the nation. The notes written in Swedish order people to convert to Islam or pay a religious tax known as Jizra, warning that the people will not save you from, the police will not save you from being murdered if you do not do this. Uh, the letter posted on Facebook featured the flag of ISIS. It warned Swedes they must first convert to Islam or, be, or face beheading. It states, and this is quoting from it, in the name of Allah, the merciful, full of grace. Oh, I, truer words have never been spoken. Written, spoken, pen, I mean, obviously Allah is the merciful, full of grace. And then it goes on to say, you who are not believers will be decapitated in three days because Allah is so merciful. In your own house, we will bomb your rotten corpses afterwards because Allah is so merciful. You must choose between these three choices. Number one, convert to Islam. Number two, pay the Jizra, the religious tax for protection. Um, or three, you will be decapitated. Um... And then it says, the police will not prevent or save you from being murdered. Death comes to all of you. End of quote. So this is, this is um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, the Swedish police and their limp-wristed whatever efforts are going to do nothing over this. Just, you know, which is standard operating procedure over there. Swedish police said that these death notices were posted through residence doors. A number of prominent Swedish citizens, including the capital of Stockholm, earlier this week. It goes without saying that these Islamic terrorists writing these notices were all thoroughly vetted refugees. And this could never happen in America, obviously. I mean, come on. We, I mean, what we've talked about today, obviously this isn't coming to America. I mean, they have no, no intention of doing this. They're just such a wonderful group of people. I don't even know where to begin. Muslim inbreeding. Now, this will explain to you a lot. Now, I've mentioned this before, but I wanted to do a little bit further in-depth uh look at this because this will really let you know why these people are so warped and depraved and i really think evil because this is a really demonic thing when it talks about inbreeding and stuff of this nature i had no idea it was this bad but muslim inbreeding impacts on intelligence sanity health and society massive inbreeding within the muslim culture during the last 1400 years so they've had 1400 years to do this it's a long time has done catastrophic damage to their gene pool now remember, you know, this is compounded by the fact when you have this done time and time and time and time again over a 1,400-year period, the people born into this become more and more vessels of Satan right off the bat. I'm not saying that none of them can be saved, but when you do something that God expressly forbids and you do it over and over and you compound it, 
by having one generation that's doing it and it leads to the next and you do this i don't know how many generations are born in a 1400 year period but we're talking massive generational curses and evil from a spiritual and a physical standpoint here okay so this goes a long way to explaining why these people are so stinking evil and and just totally void of compassion in any way shape or form um the consequences of intermarriage between first cousins ha often has serious impacts on the offspring's intelligence, sanity, health, and their surroundings. The most famous example of inbreeding is in ancient Egypt, where several pharaonic dynasties, dynasties collapsed after a couple hundred years. In order to keep wealth and power within the family, the pharaohs often married their own sister or half-sister. And after a handful of generations, the offspring were mentally or physically unfit to rule. Another historical example is the royal house of Europe, where royal families often married among each other because the tradition did not allow them to marry people of non-royal class the high amount of, of mentally retarded and handicapped royalties throughout the Europe hist european history shows the unhealthy consequences of this practice the muslim culture still practices inbreeding and has been doing so longer than any than any egyptian dynasty a rough estimate shows that close to half of all muslims in the world are inbred now let's let's go even further what how can you really track that if it's been going on for 1,400 years? You know? I mean, granted, a new convert to Islam in another country that never practiced inbreeding, I get that. They, okay, though they wouldn't be inbred. But what about the ones in the Middle East that have been doing this for 1,400 years? Even if, you know, Omar uh, didn't marry his first cousin, what if his dad did? Or what if his granddad... See, that still impacts omar so when they say that they estimate that close to half of all muslims in the world are inbred that may be a very low statistic in pakistan 70 percent of all marriages are between first cousins so-called consang consanguinity consanguinity and in turkey the amount is between 25 and 30 percent I mean, in those, those documentaries I've watched recently on our military trying, just documenting our Pakistan and, you know, the dancing boys of Afghanistan. And, and, I mean, you're watching this stuff and you're really looking at these people and you're really seeing there, there, there's something really, really evil about them. Really, really on a whole other, the looks in their eyes, just the apathy, the, the, what they do to their own children i mean man it, it's like they are just on demonic autopilot you know it's like they've been taken over a lot of i mean i would say a gigantic percentage of them and this which gets down to a spiritual issue and you can even leave islam aside if you if you were doing this you're doing something that God forbids, okay? And there's a reason God forbids it. There's a physical issue. There's a spiritual reason. And when you do this generation after generation after generation, you're, you're creating a, a group of, of humanity, if you want to call them that, that, that is, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying they're not human, but from a demonic standpoint, 
I can't even imagine how that would affect you. You know, <clears throat> it's just, it's incomprehensible. So in Pakistan, 70% of all the marriages are between first cousins. How stinking sickening. Statistical research on Arabic countries shows that up to 34% of all marriages in Algiers are consanguine. And then it goes on to give you the percentages of all these other different countries. It's, it's gigantic. Okay? And this is all referenced thing. And the references are right here after each statistic I'm citing. Okay? Um, then a large part of inbred Muslims are born from parents who themselves inbred which increases the risks of negative mental and physical consequences greatly. You go back 1,400 years, and then it starts to make a little more sense. When you see their actions, when you see the, 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 the amount of evil they have no problem participating in, this starts to kind of make a lot more sense of that whole thing when you're looking at the big picture. Then it uh, goes on to say more than half of the Pakistani immigrants living in Britain are intermarried, the research conducted by BBC and broadcast to a shock nation on Tuesday found that at least 55% of the community was married to a first cousin. This is thought to be linked to the probability that a British-Pakistani family is at least 13 times more likely than the general population to have children with recessive genetic disorders. Several studies show that the children of consanguous marriages um, have lower intelligence than children of non-related parents research shows that the iq is 10 to 16 points lower in children born from related parents than uh and that abilities related to social behavior develop uh slower in inbred babies going further the inbred um the inbred groups scored significantly lower and significantly greater variance than the non-inbred groups that they've been testing on raw scores and on scores statistically adjusted to control for age and socioeconomic status. Another study showed that the risk of having an IQ lower than 70 goes up 400% from 1.2% in children from normal parents to 6.2% in inbred children. And these are all referenced things that I'm talking about here. The occurrence of malignancies, congenital abnormalities, mental retardation, and physical handicap was significantly higher in offspring of consanguous than uh, non-consanguous marriages. I mean, and you look at their countries, whenever you, if you ever see a documentary, and you look at how, like, in shambles everything is, and how... I mean, how they treat each other in, in the buildings, they're all falling down. And in, in, in really, it's primitive. It's, it's like, you know, it's like they're a bunch of savage cavemen that, that are, you know, demonically infested and controlled or just going about their everyday life and business. And this is the result of that. And this is what they want to, you know, import into this country. This type of, of wicked, evil human being and and give them all types of special rights and, and a wicked type of human being that that hates our guts with every you know fiber in their body many of them and what's nothing more than to rape kill and steal rape your family rape your women and and kill them and then behead all of you or turn you into slaves it would be like having you know a legion of Charles Mansons, or but Charles Manson had a lot higher 
intelligence. I don't even know. A, a serial killer that was deranged, demented, with a very, very low IQ, a legion of them, introducing them into a populace. And in, in, in an unbelievably protected status where you can say nothing against them whatsoever. And they can rape, steal, kill, pillage, do whatever they want and basically get away with it for the most part. I mean, this is just unbelievable. The risk of stillbirth doubles when parents are first cousins. That's due to autosomal recessive disorders were 18 times more common in Pakistani children. Similarly, deaths due to multiple malformations, which may be uh, a part of the unrecognized autosomal recessive syndromes, were 10 times more common. The closer the blood relative, the more likely there was to be schizophrenic illness, which, you know, is most likely has a, uh, a large demonic component. And then the increased risk of insanity among children of marriages between cousins might explain why immigrant parents or patients are stressing the psychiatric system and are strongly overrepresented among insane criminals. What did I just say? The inbred Muslims are strongly overrepresented among insane criminals. These people are on demonic autopilot. They are basically vessels of Satan. I pray those that can be saved would be saved, but most of them are not. They're, they're just evil. And this goes back, literally can go back over a thousand years. I mean, a tree is known by its fruit. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? When you have inbreeding going on that was 1,400 years back because of the, and then you have the demonic component of generational curses being initiated by islam with allah passing that down the generations the, the the generational curses from that standpoint then you have the physical part with the inbreeding uh, uh that was introduced by the pedophile prophet muhammad if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do well look at the foundation we're looking at here that could literally be going back 1400 years and you could see why we're dealing with this level of evil. It makes a lot more sense to me now. When I, when I, re when I read this, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I can kind of understand a little bit better now what is actually going on here. Um, <clears throat> and then about the subject of over-representation over of insane criminals being inbred Muslims in <clears throat> Hans Hospital which has the biggest word for the clinically insane in Denmark, more than 40% of the patients have an immigrant background. And they have to put it real, you know, meaning they're Muslims. The, <clears throat> the consequences for offspring of consanguous marriages are unpleasantly clear. Death, low intelligence, or even mental retardation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Handicaps and diseases often lead to slow and painful deaths. Other consequences are limited social skills and understanding, limited ability to manage education and work procedures. The negative cognitive consequences also influence the executive functions. The impairment of concentration and emotional control most often leads to antisocial behavior. I mean, you've got every, everything that you would want for, a, for a, uh, a serial killer. You've got that represented here with these people. You've got it all represented. It's it's the perfect demographic. If you want, you if you want to bring in a demographic that will 
destabilize and defile a country to the largest extent, bring in these inbred jihadi Muslims, you know, that are all zealous to kill and go to, they're thinking they're going to go to paradise and get their 72 virgins and white-skinned boys. That's part of the package too, the white-skinned boys. And um, I can think of a no better population to bring on planet Earth than them if you want to just destroy a country from within, fifth column style, you know. So this is exactly what they've done. These are ready-made, for the most part, vessels of Satan that they are systematically bringing in to destroy um, these countries that they've targeted, America and, and primarily America and Europe. Going further, the economic costs and consequences for social, for society of inbreeding are also enormous. Expenses related to mentally and physically handicapped Muslim immigrants drains the budget for other public services. When cousins have children together, they are twice as likely to have a disabled child. It costs the municipal funds dearly. Disabled immigrant children cost uh, Danish municipalities millions. Again, that's all by design, though. It's all designed to drain the country, to destabilize it, to to defile it, to demoralize it. All of this is by design, every bit of it. Satan has really done his homework on this one, as far as this, this invasion. Um, on top come the expenses for Muslim immigrants who, because of different consequences of being born from blood-related parents, are not able to live up to the challenges of our Western work market. Muslim immigrants and their descendants in Europe have a very high rate of unemployment as well. Comment. Um, so what do they do then? They have a very high unemployment rate. Well, they blame society, they blame the infidels, and become even more militant Islamic jihadists that want revenge and love to kill. Again, by design. The same goes for Muslims in the United States, where the Gallup Institute made a study involving 300,000 people, concluding that, quote, the majority of Muslims in the USA have a lower income, are less educated, and have worse jobs than the population as a whole. And again, this is all re referenced research stuff I'm quoting here. The cognitive consequences of Muslim inbreeding might explain why Western Muslim immigrants are 300% more likely to fail the Danish army's intelligence test than native Danes. Going further, it probably also explains, at least partly, why two-thirds of all immigrant school children with Arabic backgrounds are illiterate after 10 years in the Danish school system. Those who speak Arabic with their parents have an extreme tendency to lack reading abilities. 64% are illiterate. But hey, you put a bomb on them, they can do that. Or, or a machete in their hands, or a gun, they can go and they know, they know how to kill. That doesn't take a lot of intelligence. So, you know, it's like they're ready-made for this. They've already got the ideology, the brainwashing with Islam. They've already been told to, to despise and hate the infidel. And hey, they look around, I got infidels all around me. I got to commit unholy jihad, like Allah says for me to do. Uh, here I go, and I get 72 virgins and white-skinned boys in the deal. I mean, you know, what's not to like? No matter um, if it concerns reading abilities, mathematics, or science, the pattern is the same. The bilingual, largely Muslim immigrant skills are exceedingly poor compared to the Danish classmates. The high expanses... Expenses for special education for slow learners consumes one-third of the budget for Danish schools. Immigrant children are clearly overrepresented on Copenhagen schools, 
for retarded children and children with physical handicaps. 51% of the children on the three schools in Copenhagen for children with physical and mental handicaps um, have an immigrant background and... Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to correct something here. Have an immigrant background, and one-on-one -on -one of the schools, the amount is 70%. Oh, and in one of the schools, it's 70%. And these are ones that have physical and mental handicaps. Now, listen, I pray to God, these children, I pray to God, you know, that God can reach out to them, and that they get saved, and this type of stuff. But what I'm seeing here is that they're growing up with such unbelievable hate indoctrinated in, into them, there's a gigantic generational curses on them from all of this inbreeding. Generational curses of their Muslims being in Islam, or their 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 families being in Islam over the generations. There's this just unbelievable hatred. And then you have the physical, um, basically curses on them as well from inbreeding. So it's just a terrible, horrific combination. You, you couldn't have hardly a worse com combination if you wanted to just, you know, have a, a, a society. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, young people with minority backgrounds have significantly higher dropout rates at secondary schools than a youth with Danish background. For trade school education, the dropout rate among immigrants is 60%, twice as high as among adolescents with Danish backgrounds. Um, you know, I, going back and, and thinking about all these documentaries, it makes so much sense to me now why... In the documentaries, you, you look around and you see so many people that just do nothing. And the only thing they can really do is if it involves evil, it seems like. And if they do have a job, they do it so um, so poorly, I guess. I mean, our, our troops were trying to work with them over there. And they're so corrupt, too. I mean, they, they're all, they're just, they have no integrity. They're so corrupt. And, and... They don't try, and they're and they're whacked out on drugs. So many of them, they're they're doing the the, the poppy the, from the opium and stuff. It's just you you couldn't even envision a worse combination of things in a society than this. So going further, the limited ability to understand, appreciate, and produce knowledge following a limited IQ is probably also partly the reason why Muslim countries produce one tenth of the world average when it comes to scientific research. So they, they don't they don't produce anything over there. They don't there's nothing really good that comes out of an evil society like this, an inbred evil society is what you're dealing with here. Um and then it goes on to say, we conclude that there has been fewer books translated into Arabic in the last thousand years. In the last thousand years than the amount of books translated within the country of Spain every year wow there have been fewer books translated in arabic in the last thousand years than the amount of books translated within the country of spain every year and that's just spain unbelievable Conclusion, there is no doubt that the widespread tradition of first cousin marriages among Muslims has harmed the gene pool among Muslims because Muslims' religious beliefs prohibit marrying non-Muslims and thus preventing them, present, preventing them from adding fresh genetic material to their population. Doesn't mean they have to marry their first cousins, you know. 
That's ridiculous. That's not an excuse. That's just evil. You know, um, the genetic damage done to their gene pool since their pedophile prophet Muhammad allowed first cousin marriages, because he's the one that sanctioned this originally, you know, um, allowed first cousin marriages 1,400 years ago are most likely massive. The overwhelming direct and indirect human and societal consequences have been explained above. Compassion for the health of future generations should be enough to ban intermarriage among first cousins. Yeah, amen. The economic and societal consequences are also very important. The legislative ban on first cousin marriages is a logical and compassionate imperative for both the Muslim world, for the EU, and our Western national governments. And then they show all these other references here so uh that's all i have for for today and um go ahead and close this out in, in a word of prayer heavenly father we do thank you for this this day and this time you've given us i thank you god for for letting me get out another broadcast lord and um i realize that most likely the the days of of us being able to communicate freely with one another may be coming to an end in America and elsewhere, unless you divinely intervene. Lord, none of this wickedness is taking you by surprise, but it is so incredibly grievous to witness, to observe this escalating evil on a daily basis. And I just pray to God for your divine intervention regarding these matters that we have brought up today um, and in past teachings, I just pray to God for your divine intervention that you would stop the works of the wicked, Lord. That you would destroy their wicked plans. That if it be possible, that their souls be saved, God. But those that cannot, Lord, I pray to God you would deal with them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so that they're not allowed to hurt any more people, to defile the children, and the innocent. I pray to God for your divine intervention regarding these matters. If, if I just pray to God for your divine intervention, Lord. I pray to God you, you would dispatch legions of angels toward this end, that your name be glorified by doing this, that many would be saved, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you, and all the upright in heart would glory, like you said in your word in Psalm 64. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we have committed, Lord, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. I pray you bless my listeners, Lord, in the body of Christ, in the innocent, I pray that you would give us divine foreknowledge of if there's a move we need to make in our life, Lord, if, if there's a, whatever it may be, God, if it's, a, if it's a relocation, if it's a purchase that needs to be made, if it's, I, I don't know, Lord, but you know, I just pray to God that you give my listeners, you give the body of Christ divine foreknowledge of what we need to do. Uh, you know, Lord, if these pla attacks are planned, you know when they're going to occur, you know where they're going to occur, and I pray to God for the body of Christ, for my listeners, that you would keep them out of harm's way, that you would deliver them, Lord God, that you would use them mightily for your, your glory in the days and times to come, and you would strengthen them, God, and give us all courage 
to face what is coming. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.